Welcome to the CBGS podcast. Welcome, Mr. Ben. Yeah, lovely to be back this week. Thank you uh, to Drew and yourself for we'll sitting do. in last week and <laughs> and covering for me when uh, I wasn't so well. Oh dear! But I'm back now, and um, I've got we've got a wonderful podcast as always. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to say at the beginning of the podcast was, d- please do share the podcast, tell somebody about mm. our podcast, and also, if you could. Maybe leave a little review, because you can do that on iTunes. You can leave a review. Yeah, that'd be good. And just say how wonderful and inspiring you found our podcast to be. Can I say something? Of course you can. Yo, Rekelt. So that is uh, good morning in Hungarian, and that's uh, for our, our special exclusive group of Hungarian listeners, uh, that which is expanding by the day. So we've gone from one to uh, certainly three uh, so, hi, Andrash and Norbert, and also Adrian back in the office. A very, very, very lovely to know you, and I look forward to eating more goulash. A very big hello to you, yeah. That's great that we're, we're pulling in all sorts of listeners from everywhere. We'll talk about that later, actually. You just reminded me. <laughs> but I've mentioned the customer reviews because it's part of today's topic of conversation for the podcast. Right. Because we're in an age... Of the review, I was reading a uh, an article which was the trends trend setting for 2020 and all the things that are going to be mm-hmm. really important. And some of them in there we, we, I will use for future podcasts because it was really interesting. But one of the things that came up was the fact that we were in the age of the review. And I had a little think about this last night and I thought, yeah, do you know what? Anything that I buy now, I go on. Whether it's a service, whether it's joining a gym, it might be buying a car... Or it might even just be, you know, sitting there for hours reading reviews on a new toothbrush on Amazon. But I'm, I'm obsessed with reading reviews. Do, do you do that when you, when you buy stuff or when you look to go to a restaurant? Is it, is it, are you a review person? Not, not religiously or obsessively. Occasionally, I'd say. But you strike me as, obviously, um, you, you're a... I, I was going to say a well-travelled, but I, I don't know th- yeah, that much about you, but, yeah. but well-travelled in the... Well, 38 countries, so... Yeah, the well-travelled, definitely then, but in the <laughs> sense of, you you know, I asked you this morning a question about mountain biking down here in Bridgewater. I I, I suspect I could ask you about restaurants, about sightseeing, anything. So yeah. you probably you probably are the encyclopedia, encyclopedia of reviews anyway. Hmm. Um, Maybe. <laughs> but looking at it from a business point of view... Should that and does that change one's view when when we're thinking about consumption and, and customers? Because we, we everyone will be looked up now. Everyone will be reviewed in in some sense. Do we have to be more careful? Do we have to do things differently because of that? Well, us as Aspen Weight. Yeah, let's start with Aspen Weight. Yeah. Well, uh, my, the honest response to your question is it hadn't even occurred to me that that would be the case. From an Aspen Wake point of view. And I, I, I know the, that this will be a part of it, but probably because we are, we are so diligent and so caring to customers. <laughs> but we, we are, that's the, we've mentioned that on the podcast before. So we're not, but we, we, we have a certain way that we look after people. Yeah. But, but actually, this week, for instance, has been um, probably the most challenging from a certain point of view as group chief executive. Oh, my voice is going up and down because he's playing, playing with my knobs. Which is very, very, it's bringing a tear to my eye, actually. Um, yeah, it's been a very challenging week for me, the most for many years from a group chief executive point of view, because I've actually had um, 
quite a few issues to deal with. And one of the things, you know, it's an old cliche, but I think it's very true, is uh, I think you, t- you can tell more about a business uh, when when there's a problem than you can in the good times. You know, so I always think, you know, when, you, when you're sitting in the restaurant and you get, you know, the, the burnt steak or you, you're, you're waiting too long or people get served in front of you, that sort of thing. How 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 the how the people respond to that and how they deal with it for me as a consumer is is vitally important. I'll forgive I'll forgive somebody anything uh, if they deal with if I say look you know this is not good enough and they say yeah no you're right blah, 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 and, they, and they do something about it you know. So in my case I've had um, so so it, it would be wrong to say that we're perfect because we certainly aren't and in fact um, I've used the experiences of this week to fuel me to to to. Uh, Write, for instance, a, a quite important memo last night. Uh, two two memos actually, because uh, I'm not the sort of person to. Um, so I've actually sat there and I thought I'm, I, I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm not having customers having a go at me about you know things that I should be able to rely on other people to do. So uh, one of the things that's been brought home to me this week is that uh, Aspen Waits systems, processes, and procedures haven't kept pace with with our growth or indeed our ability as technicians so actually um in terms of the the concept of where you're coming from it's hugely important uh so what all i'm saying is i don't maybe i'm wrong but i don't think so i just think in our arena um if people are dissatisfied they wouldn't tend to put a bad review about us somewhere you know they they would they would ultimately you know the worst would be they'd leave obviously or they'd, they'd get someone else to do a piece of work. But um, yeah, so yeah, I I, I think um, you're right as well, of course, that because we are more what was it, customer facing as, as a perhaps as a as an organisation, a very customer facing organisation with a very personal approach, that that obviously will help. So in a couple of situations this week where I've started off on the back foot, I've been quite assertive to the person and actually turned it around and almost had a go at them, you know. I didn't create your loss, my friend, you know. But actually, um, we're, um, people appreciate that as well. You just mentioned that. You, you said the, the honesty, you appreciate that if people make mistakes, that actually... You, you're, you're really receptive to that, and so well, I'll come back to this restaurant because it's been a bad night, but they've they've apologised for it and said this is the reasons why. But in the same respect, I think people that are our customers probably really appreciate that. Well, hang on, you know. Yeah, I think one one of, one of the biggest tips I, I would ever give anybody. So it, this would be a you know fellow member of staff, or indeed you know not just in business, but I think uh, honesty is always you know default position should be to be honest. So it. I'm quite unusual in this respect. If a client, for instance, phoned me up and said, hey, Paul, um, whatever happened to that document um, you told me two weeks ago you were going to give me, I literally would say and do say, I'd go, oh, shit, bloody hell, sorry, I forgot. And and I think because people people know that I work hard and that I am, you know, I try my best all the time, I, they do forgive me for it. I, I can't remember anyone ever turning around and going, you bastard, <laughs> you know? They would then say something like, "Yeah, I know you're busy," but I've told them the truth. And what I see in others, you know, there's a few, pe- there's a couple of people in Aspen Way in particular who do this. Is it's it's very tempting to turn around and start blaming everybody else. Yeah, yeah. The podcast was crap this week. Yeah, it was Ben Eltham's fault. 
you know, he turned up and he was, you know, I mean, I would never do that. I would, I would take with me. I mean, I'm one thing, and I think the staff know this, and it's, it's been a, a matter of record. You know, I, I'm, I'm a, a boss that believes in taking responsibility, so I'm overprotective of my staff against others. Not, I'm going to kick them. They let me down. You know, I wouldn't do that. I would rather lose the client sticking up for my my team. Yeah, you know, that's my approach. It, it, interesting, and I'm sure one week we'll talk about. Uh, leadership and there's so much to talk about there but this is this is and again it goes back to the the customer reviews this is in a very personal and human way i had a conversation with somebody last week about how they would go about getting promotion which has been elusive for them for so long and other people had been a personal promotion a personal promotion in a company one of one of my friends and one of the pieces of advice that i gave very similar to, to what you're talking about here is that actually having been in business and, and managed people one of the things you look for, you want somebody who is going to be brilliant at what they do. Everybody wants that. You want someone who's going to be excellent and yeah. really skilled. But some of the people that I've managed have been highly skilled, but then other people perhaps wouldn't have done that job so well and weren't at that same level, but the level of honesty and integrity, that, and you knew that they would always tell you when something was wrong mm-hmm. or if, if they'd messed up. Yeah. And I, I was explaining to one of my friends that you should keep doing those things. Because that, that is a quality that you, you, you do look for. And sometimes, I would say, depending on the industry you're in, you would look for that more than someone who's highly skilled, but you're never going to know what they're doing or if they've made a mistake or anything like that. So I think going back to that, you know, the, the, the personal feel, the, the, the fact that you, you know, integrity, I guess we're talking about on a different kind of level. Yeah, integrity and ethical standards, I think you'd call yeah. it, wouldn't you? You would. Which relates back to we were saying about the the age of customer reviews. I think now that's more important to people now, perhaps than it was. And I I don't know if I say that I'm I'm trying to think if I can back that with any any hard evidence. But maybe twenty years ago, would you say that it was it wasn't as important? So if we're talking more on a generic basis, particularly yes. if you were a restaurant or or perhaps a shop. Um, it's obviously very important to people, the subject of reviews, because, you know, you know, I know from personal experience, people will say to me, oh, would, you mind, would you mind going on TripAdvisor and, um, and giving me uh, a positive review? I, I have, uh, a, very, I have a, a very successful account on TripAdvisor myself, which uh, I'm not going to tell you what, what I'm, I don't call myself poor weight on it. So it's a, it's a sir, <laughs> sir something of Somerset, I'm called. Uh, and a couple of my reviews are right up there in like world rankings, you know. Wow. So, um, but I, I do it quite sparingly. Uh, whereas TripAdvisor are always encouraging you, as someone obviously who's good at writing reviews, t- to do more of them. And I, I don't want to dilute. So, I, so one, one of my reviews is called, it says, best hotel in the world, question mark. Then I. Yeah put down an honest account pro and con what, whether it was or wasn't the best hotel in the world for instance you know but again you, you mentioned that point of um, honesty and, the, and where we are in 2020 but when you read reviews now as well I will look for the reviews not just somebody that says amazing hotel uh, exceptional service would definitely go there again I would look for the review that, that said that's maybe given it four stars but actually says yeah it was First of all, I want to say that you may, when you go in, be this, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. And they explain a little bit about some of the things that perhaps were a little 
not so great, a bit uncomfortable. Because to me, that's more of a, a real review because of that honesty. Well, I tell you, yeah, so that's a very good point. So in the hotel I'm talking about, which is a hotel called Hotel Taramina, um, which is actually is actually officially one of the world's best hotels. And one of the things I think, you know, going back to the honesty word, because honesty comes in different forms. You know, there's people tend to, we say to someone you're honest or dishonest, people tend to react to that. But actually honesty in itself is a multi-layered word, in my opinion. You know, I also have the, what I call the concept of relative honesty, right? Which doesn't mean that you're dishonest. But um, so people, people that stay in, luxurious hotels that are very expensive don't tend to say things like actually when you go to the bar it's going to give you a shock because a piece of lemon's going to cost you 10 quid uh you're going to you know you're going to struggle with this people just don't do it so you go on you go on TripAdvisor for hotel taramina uh and nobody so i thought well i'm not i'm not going to do that so the fact was, it was a wonderful experience to go to that hotel, but the cheapest drink, the cheapest cocktail you could have was 26 quid. And, and the honest truth is, as someone who wasn't poor, every day, part of my brain's thinking, shit, you know, I'm spending 100 quid every night on a drink, you know, on drinks. The cheapest bottle of wine, they had a massive wine list. The chief, cheap, cheapest bottle of wine you could buy was £46. Wow. You know? So, so, but people don't tell you those things, the things you really want to know. You know, what is it like to feel? So I actually try to explain, you know, yes, it's wonderful, but actually it's, it's actually a bit of a challenge because, you know, every night you're looking at this drinks list and in the end, how I, how I um, reconcile it to myself is that everything costs twice as much as, as, as what I would spend. Yeah, sort of thing. That's that's basically what I told, told myself. Look, you work hard, special holiday, everything costs twice as much. Just get over it, because otherwise you're going to sit there brooding on the negatives. You know, sounds like a nice place, though. Oh, fab- fabulous! Absolutely. Fab- yeah, go look it up when you uh, we got really got five minutes. I will. I'll definitely do that. But I th- I wonder as well when we're talking about the the reviews that we now see everywhere, whether that has actually. Well, it has improved our standards. So it, just by just doing a podcast, you now know that people will listen to it. They will probably review it. They will talk to people about it. And, it, and it, it, we may be in a situation with this podcast where we could say, well, actually, our podcast is at an early stage and it will grow and grow and grow, just like our wonderful radio station, which is coming. Ew. But you, when you get to that stage where it is growing and we are putting... The, the, the marketing into it and, and it's getting the subscribers and the reviews, we will know that the content has to be exceptional, that we have to yep. go further to uh, make people enjoy it. So it's, it's got to be a good thing, reviews. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. How, can it, how can it not be? So as a business away from Aspen Wake, because I know mm-hmm. there'll be lots of people listening here that... Uh, mm-hmm. Um, have their own business or, yep. or want to start their own business. Considering the age that we're in, the digital age of being so accessible for these um, review sites or comments or, or, or reviews in the form of videos, how should one think about that as a, as a business owner or somebody that wants to start a business? Is, is there now a page that perhaps didn't exist 15, 20 years ago where you have to say, well, actually, perception and feedback and reviews are going to be a big part of 
let's say, um, John down the road who's opening a restaurant. Does he have to give that extra consideration now? Would that be your advice? Um, yes, um, but my, my, my reaction when I was listening to you talking then was, to some extent, um, this should not require a, a special initiative or uh, be, be off-piste, off, off if, if you like. Um, I, sent, I sent, funny enough, I sent Ben uh, uh, an email, a memo that I'd written to my, my lovely um, Hungarian friends in Green Park in uh, Reading last night, and it's basically uh, Weighty Boy's uh, attempt to summarise what one needed to do to, 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 to aspire to run a global success business. So I, 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 I considered every single aspect of business and what uh, you know, I was asking them to do as someone who's just joined uh, the, the management team at a high level. And I think the point is, and, 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 and my response, for instance, to my challenging week has been to drive standards up in Aspen Weight. So it's been quite clear to me that the standards across the board in Aspen Weight are not good enough. We are not fit for purpose. And if I don't if I don't do what I need to do now, then when we're twice as big, everything's going to be cataclysmic, you know. So, um, so, so what my advice is is that yes, of course, uh, as a business owner, I think you need to um, dissect and understand every segment of the business. You then need to make sure that every single part of the business is as good as every other part. And I think the the, the, the the danger is, so let's let's probably take um say a restaurant as quite a good example. What what probably would happen in most cases is that the owner is probably probably one of two people actually. They're either a foodo, right? So they're perhaps they're a, a very gifted chef or someone particularly interested in food. The other the other um natural type of owner in this industry would be somebody who uh which happens far too often which is why there's so many failures in in catering uh someone who 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 considers themselves to be a bit of an aficionado of uh of uh of culture and food and and, and buys a restaurant for, for entirely the wrong reason you know because uh, so they're not a hands-on person in other words so if we, if we just take the first one then, for instance, so what the temptation is, is that you, you produce these wonderful meals, right? So the, the, the focus is totally on, if you like, getting your hands dirty, you know, in, in the vernacular. Now, of course, probably, you know, if, 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 if certainly if it was me, uh, so I did a, a little checklist of what do I demand from a restaurant I want to go back to? So it would be, Greeting, how I'm greeted. And when I go back the second time, do they remember me? Then probably things like, um, you know, in terms of building a relationship, um, does does that business, does that restaurant, um, is it does it know I've been there 11 times? You know, there's one place I go to quite a lot, and they don't seem to know that at all. I find that quite uh, disappointing, you know, as an owner myself, that they make no attempt to know who their repeat customers are. Then, of course, uh, it's things like how long it takes before, you know, how quickly your drink comes. Are you offered a drink straight away? Uh, one of the things that irritates the hell out of me is when the waitress comes over, gives you a menu, and then leaves you for a ridiculous amount of time, 
and then comes back and asks you if you're ready. And I always feel like going, no, I've just, just had a sleep, woken up, I haven't read it, you know, or something sarcastic. Because uh, to me, it's just just a really, to, well, as, a, you know, as, as someone who, who, who demands high service, just really bugs me when people do that. Yes, of course I'm bloody ready, you stupid woman, you know, or stupid man, if it was a man, of course. Um, so that, 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 for instance, can get me in a bad mood. You know, if I'm left too long, uh, I'll start moaning, and whoever I'm with, you know, will start um, may, may even start getting cross with me because I'm starting to get a bit crotchety now. You know, so that's very important. And then, of course, you've got things like you know the the food itself, how it's presented. You know, do they know what they're doing? Um, how long it is between? Uh, and of course, you know, if you were looking at a restaurant, probably the single biggest failing i would say is getting people out, out of the out of the room so what you tend to find on average is the service up to the end of the main course is very good and then everything goes to pot and i never understand that you think well if it was i was owning this business i'd want people out do you know what the, yeah. I, the i've got exactly the same thoughts the, the only thing i ever think about when i'm sat there especially if you've ever ordered a um a dessert or, or, or tea at the end is they must just have they see they obviously do have this thing in restaurants where we, we know that they make a lot of money from the drinks um, more than the food and they just they always want you to buy extra things but I, I just think they once you're in there they maybe have the perception that you're going to buy a bottle of, of Jack Daniels or they're going to go buy a bottle of scotch and a, a, a bottle of something and it's going to lift their maybe. profits that's the only thing I can think of because I exactly the same as you I just want to leave now please give me the bill yeah, and exactly, let me leave yeah. By the way, the point is, in terms of answering your question, is um, what what the focus should be is that every single every everything, so all the things I just said should be brilliant, not just some of them. Um, you should have a good accounting system. You should have a, 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 the appropriate structure. All those things. So, where I'm going with that is, if you if you aspire to have a great business and you come back to my sincerity, I'll have to get this in, my sincerity of ambition point. So if you are truly sincere in your desire to have this great business, then all the stuff we're talking about, the social media stuff and the reviews, will take care of themselves. Because if you think about this, right, um, and, and you, you would have a, a better view on this than me, probably. So I would say in, in, in Aspen Wake, for instance, uh, the, the culture... And the warmth is not cultivated. It is true. It is real. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. So if you're a customer or a stakeholder or someone joining the family, right? In fact, one of the things, uh, uh, I saw Ben yesterday. We had a, a, a wonderful meeting, which we might touch on because I'm so excited about it. It was amazing. One of the things that I commented with, with Ben was how wonderful it was that um, people like... Um, Lois and Catherine and Ben and Oksana as, as very good examples, that not only have they captured the Aspen Wake spirit, but actually they are the best of Aspen Wake spirit. So the, the, the people who've, who've come in more lately are actually even more of Aspen Wake heart than perhaps some of the people that have been there for years. I feel, I feel very proud about that. You know, it's good recruitment. You sit, you sit down, so, you know, you know, um, taking yourself without getting over, overly sentimental about it. The reason why you and I had a cup of tea um, in Reading 
after my after my talk and you're sat here today is because we we are spiritually aligned i would suggest i'd agree yeah you and i are spiritually aligned and other other things other than spiritual but you know business ethics aligned that sort of thing um and and of course that that comes so that that's natural so what, what my point is is that the reviews better the best reviews will flow off the back of an of course type culture. So I mean, it's not a, a cynical uh, right, you know, right waitresses. You know, these people are going to come in. And you're going to do this and blah blah blah. It should be because you want you want. So with me, if I owned a restaurant, I'd want everyone coming to my restaurant to feel that they were loved. Nothing was too much trouble. If there was a problem, I'd sort it out. I'd be generous rather than the other way around. But there's very very few experiences you have like that. I imagine you, if you owned a restaurant, that you would be, if you got a, a bad review on TripAdvisor, you would be that caring about your customers that you wouldn't be phoning up to see if they could remove it and you could give them some free food or drink or another meal. You would be genuinely phoning them up just to find out why they felt that way because you just would hate someone feeling that they'd had that bad I'd experience. phone them up and I'd go, I know what school your children go to. How dare you put a review like that on my TripAdvisor account? <laughs> it wasn't quite what I had in mind, but I mean, that's one way to deal with the problem. Well, you know, I thought the concept of humour might appeal here. So. It did, yeah. <laughs> but actually, I want to mention the, and we'll, we'll talk about SMD in, 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 in a minute, um, but the, I, want, I want to mention the email that you sent um, to, to our new friends that are listening to the, the podcast. Yeah. Um, because one of the things you put is a clear vision and strategy. Uh, know who your customer is, know your product, know your competitors. Uh, I could go on, but I think the point you just made is if you get that right, and you you have that such that uh, such a clear vision, and you're and you're so diligent with it that you don't need to worry about customer reviews. So that's exactly what yeah, we're saying there. Exactly, right? yeah. Because they will come naturally. Yeah. I'm a um, I'm a customer. Uh, a, a, whether it's a restaurant, whoever, whoever it is, I'm a, I'm a dream for them as far as reviews. Because I will go in, and I didn't want to talk too much about this today because I'm one for bad customer service is one of the things that annoys me more than anything in the world. Mm. Uh, me too. So if I go out to a restaurant, and we sat there a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday, and we were having a, a Sunday lunch, and it was really busy in the, in the, in the restaurant, and we must have waited 50-odd minutes, 53 and a half, I was counting, <laughs> for our main, for, for yeah, our we are main meal. And I, I just found it, it just wound me up. It was our Sunday, it was really annoying. And we were really slow on dessert and really slow getting the bill and, and nobody apologised. But I'm a dream for them because I was so annoyed and so angry that when I got into the car, my partner said to me, look, why don't we just write a review? And I said, no, I'm too angry to write a review. <laughs> oh, this is that angry. So it was the actual... It was that thing where I was just—I didn't care anymore. I, I was so angry. Obviously, I'm, I would never go back there, but I didn't—I didn't write the review. So I'm an absolute dream for them because they think, well, actually, you had a bad experience, and he doesn't want to write the review. We've made him that angry. So, um, it, but it is—it is a. The only other question I wanted to ask you about this, which I thought was quite interesting, you could relate it back to the same answer that you've just given, but marketing. From a marketing point of view, and when we think about all the things you watch on mm. TV, adverts, and all the other types of marketing. All the annoying ones in particular. Yeah. Do they have to be 
better now, like a, a lot better, because they all these big companies will know the reviews that they will get. I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to think of an example of something that's on the TV that's an advert, but they have to be so good with their marketing, so strong because of to, to offset perhaps all the the reviews. Again, so my instinctive reaction to what you just said was immediate. You, you, my, my, how I took what you said, there was a direct correlation in your, in your words between quality and cost. Yeah. And I, which I don't agree with. So what, what you said that was relevant is about, uh, so clearly uh, marketing has to be high quality. And the thing that came into my mind, which you actually, which you actually originated, if you consider, uh, if you think back to Christmas, uh, you found that um, that video of that uh, hardware shop in Wales. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Which won uh, an award. It did. It was a very simple, low budget um, piece of marketing, wasn't it? If you then contrast that with the, you know, the was it the Christmas is coming forward? You know the Coca Cola one. You know where where you're probably talking about. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they spent twenty million on it or something stupid like that. You know, it would be it would be an enormous number. I don't think that. So I think. I I, I personally think it's a bit like um, this is my analogy here. I I consider myself to be quite a cultured person okay so i i i i i would be very happy so if i if someone said to me there's a 200 person ball very you know these are these are people who know what they're talking about sophisticated people you've got to choose the wine and the food i would feel totally able to do that okay and i would be very confident people would come up to me and you you know what you're talking about waiting that was really good you know and um, so despite the fact that I do know, you know, my way around a wine list and all that, to me, there's nothing, there's nothing more pleasurable than buying a bottle of wine for seven ninety nine that tastes like heaven. Yeah, you know I t- I, yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. So that's my analogy with the marketing, you see. So I think, so if you look at, um, you look at what we achieved yesterday, so... Uh, Yesterday afternoon, uh, after a training day, uh, Ben came down and I walked into effectively the main marketing room uh, and there was Ross and, and Ben and Drew. Uh, so I, I sat in Miss Stanton's uh, chair because she was uh, in sunny Exeter and uh, and we then had this, this, this session, which I think only actually, uh, in my experience, only we could have. And I say we really, uh, we Aspen Waities could have I, I'm, I'm personally a great believer in um, if you're, if it, say you're trying to design something, you actually sit down with with the right people, and you don't leave until you've got over the line. One one thing I should add is we were joined by Carly Jones uh, quite soon into our discussion, which which was. Which was defining, actually. Very importantly, I was going to say, very importantly joined. Yeah, defining, I think, is, is the word I would use. Yeah, very, more, than, more than defining. Because um, the one thing I would say is, I think Carly understands better than anyone in the world, probably. Um, so I, I can say to Carly, um, one of the things that's happened, actually, it's quite, it's quite an interesting point, not for, not for a deep discussion today's podcast, but 
Uh, one of the things that's very interesting about uh, what's happening to my brain at the moment, I've suddenly become amazingly good at being able to see things. I can picture an image in my head. You know, so when we're talking about designing the room, I close my eyes and I can see it. And, I, and then I turn around and say, ah, like I was doing yesterday, I see, um, I see this image of so-and-so on the left. Right? I find with Carly, if I say to Carly, so for instance, the Christmas magazine, which I designed, I sat there at night and I sent Carly an email and I said, I see this man standing in, effectively, in the night sky, reaching out for a star, blah, 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 blah. And then, would you have a go at that for me? Right, so then I come in the next day, come over, and she says, hey, boss, does it look something like this? Right? And it was about 50... I was, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I was really thinking. 57%. And everyone's going to go, why 57%? Because it's four sevenths, right? So that's how I got to 50 But it's, it's important that people know that's how I think, because I, I know it's really, really uh, geeky, but that's how Paul's brain works. And how I got to four sevenths, by the way, is I was thinking of seven variables, and she got four of them right. Yeah, that was, that was what I was thinking in my mind, hence 57% correct. Then, and one of the things you know that I, I always criticise Ross about is Ross is always messing with the variables. And as I say to Ross, if there's seven variables and you keep messing with all of them, you've now got 49 solutions. So we'll not turn around and say, actually, four of these seven variables are great. So what I do now with Ross is, don't check, don't touch those four, right? Those four are going to bloody well stay, right? Don't tinker with them. I was there. I witnessed that. It did yeah. happen. <laughs> so that approach now means there's nine variables. Because there's only three left that can change. So that's why I think I'm a, a, an effective decision maker, because uh, you could avoid sitting there. So most designers, and it comes down to confidence. What we managed to do, probably in about an hour yesterday, I would venture... We managed to design the the look of our new recording studio in one hour, and we created something that was mind blowing. I think. Would you yeah, agree with that? I agree. Yeah. And and what was what I love about it is no one of us could say it was our room. Yeah. You know, I I certainly felt I was a big influencer in the room. Say, so, right? But it was a it was it was actually. A wonderful combination of everybody. There wasn't one person in the room who didn't contribute something to it, wasn't there? Yeah, it was really good. And of course, you know the thing about the notes, for instance, musical notes. And then it, it whoever said that for the first first time, I think two of us had it actually had, had had the idea. I think it was me and Ross might have both thought of notes. And then of course, you know, like with Carly, then you've got into the well, they don't have to be the same color. Yeah. So you had the phasing of the colours, and then you had the gap in the middle, for instance, you know, and then we even messed around with the colour of the back wall and, and discovered that actually changing it from a conventional, you know, averagely whitey colour uh, was much more effective, you know? This is for our, our radio broadcasting, state-of-the-art broadcasting studio, by the way, just in case you've, uh, you're wondering, but this is... We're, we're letting out a few secrets here, which is great. I, mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't consider them to be secrets, but the point was is that um, what we produced in terms of cost, it, 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 took, it took the right people communicating at the right time a relatively short amount of time. So from a, from a, a cost accountant's point of view, the cost of that, of that uh, design process was probably something around 
£750 of labour time yeah. at charge-out rates, you know? So that doesn't mean that that room is not of the highest quality. So I think the point is, is, is marketing today, I think, has to be powerful, impactful. Um, and again, if you go back to the, the, the memo you were referring to just now, um, one of the things I said in that, which is incredibly important and would have been not something I would have thought about as a younger businessman, uh, branding and image, to me, are everything. Mm. You know, uh, I, what I really loved is uh, one, of my, one, of my, um, one of the clients I've really taken to my heart is Jason Fridger from uh, Spartan Motor Factors in Newport. And he, he was sat here um, on Monday, I think it was, uh, and he'd had a session with Ross first, and I cycled down um, to, to sit down and have my wrap with him, you know. Not a, not a J- Jamaican wrap, but a food wrap, you know. And um, incredibly proud for me, because I, the first thing he said to me is, he said, uh, your marketing is amazing. I said, oh, thank you. And then I said, well, I always say to people, I said, it's the best decision I ever made. I don't know how I ever ran a business without my own marketing department, because it's everything to me. You know, I think the marketing is is personally. I think Aspen Waits marketing is our defining little jewel in the crown. Yeah, and that will. And it's only going to grow massively as we sit here in a year's time. It will be, and that's quite. You know, so to be fair to me, as a dinosaur, that's I am at least an enlightened dinosaur because um, I love that term, enlightened <laughs> dinosaur. Yeah, because yeah, I, 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 you couldn't say that I was natural. I don't think people would naturally think of me as being techie, but I am actually very uh, accepting of the time and I, and I love technology I just don't necessarily understand it as well as you would for instance you know doesn't mean to say that the the stimulus in my brain is any less no and it's, it's an important that is a really important point actually for, for, for from what you're talking about because when we bring it back to Aspen Way I can't think of the words to describe it but there is with what you've achieved and where you've how, how you built the business you would expect and I don't know why that you would be a little bit more nonchalant towards technology and marketing. And I, and I don't know if that's stereotyping, but you certainly do um, exactly what you said, that enlightened dinosaur. I, I, <laughs> I love the phrase, but I'm not sure it's to- totally um, accurate. But you, 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 the, what you've done with the marketing is just incredible. And you wouldn't think that maybe it's the, we talked about this before, that having an accountancy firm, being an accountant, just to, to have created this and what we're going to build with the radio as well, that is not something that usually happens. It's not accountants, are we? No. That's the answer well, to the, that. This, well, the, yeah, but from, from where it started to, to where it is now. It'd so be like, it'd be like, it'd be like a bakery telling them they sold sausage rolls, and that's all they did. Yeah. But to, 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 and to, to, to have that vision for the complete business growth service to then be the complete business growth service as well is something... Something for a, a, another podcast, and I think. Yeah, one thing I'd like to call out, one of the things I've, I've taken to doing um, of recent of recent times is watching, uh, I watch YouTube, I spend a lot of time on YouTube at the night, probably at least an hour. Yeah. Uh, I like, for instance, to see Corbyn and Johnson sparring in the Commons today and various things like that, you know. Um, and one of the things I like to do is to look at uh, clips of Dragon's Den, you know, they, they put up the, 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 the really interesting ones, you know. And I was watching a clip last night, um, and it was quite a good product, actually. And Peter Jones turned around to the entrepreneur and said, uh, how much have you budgeted for marketing? 
in the next year. And, the, and I thought this is quite interesting, actually. The answer was £40,000. Now, what's quite, the reason I say that's interesting, let's go back to the honest word, I don't know that many businesses that actually would spend £40,000. But Peter Jones was incredibly dismissive of this. He said, that's ridiculous. That's nowhere near enough. That's what he said. But 40, anyway, but, but the point was is that uh, marketing is clearly was clearly, uh, and this is a feature of, of of all the dragons. Particularly, I suppose if you if you take the nature of the people that tend to be on Dragons Den, they tend to be new products, don't they? They're, they're products pre trading or startup launch type products. So it's it's clearly considered by the elite in 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 business that marketing is a very important spend well i would suggest to you which is why we have such an enormous opportunity i can't really think of even a handful of clients that i would say have high quality marketing so i think marketing is considered to be something it's a waste of money you know i've only got two and six and i need to buy the chips so the curry sauce will have to wait so the marketing is the curry sauce, in my analogy, you see. Oh, I like that as well. Marketing <laughs> is curry sauce. But it, again, it links back to we've, we started this podcast talking about customer reviews, the age of the review, the digital review, and 2020. And it relates all the way back to that by the fact that now we, we have intelligent consumers. I'm not saying mm. we didn't 20 years ago, but very intelligent consumers. And it all links back to being digital, the fact that you mentioned YouTube, we've mentioned TripAdvisor, all these things you can do now. If you want a service, if you want something, then you can go on and find it. So therefore, if you don't have any marketing, people aren't going to find it. People aren't going to be able to be captivated by whatever, whatever it is that you're offering. And obviously what um, Ben and I want to do, very much so, is with a real passion, is um, we, we are, one of the reasons that we... We have our state-of-the-art uh, centre, which I am enormously proud to be sitting in, um, is because we want to bring uh, all the things that we can do to you. Yeah, we do. That's our mission. Our mission is to have is to uh, is, is to basically, and it's lovely. So with with SMD, for instance, you know, it's wonderful to say to them, uh, everything I have is now yours. Now, if you look at it from a strategic point of view. We've now got a situation where we've got them being world-beating social media people uh, with, I'd like to think, a world-class marketing effort from us. Put the two together, it's stunningly powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Very much looking forward to to working with them and, mm-hmm. and meeting them. And I think we, have, we, will have, we will have a podcast in the next couple of weeks that will talk more about that and our radio broadcast venture because it's getting very close now to being able to launch our studio which we will do but we will talk about it we haven't we've we've touched on it over the last 10 12 weeks on the podcast and we've mentioned it here and there and if you are a, an avid listener every week thank you first of all yeah but secondly we will explain so much more about it in the next couple of weeks and i can't wait to talk to you uh, about that and one of the things that we're going to be doing a lot more of is introducing more music Yay. on our radio station. Paul, the show that you're going to have is going to be fantastic. Well, I hope so. Because the music that you choose uh, is, is so great. 
And you've got another choice for us today. Yes, it's, it's, it's interesting. When, when, when I do the shows with Drew, Drew is always very, obviously, very interested in music. You know, uh, he's very music-orientated. And uh, he often says to me, you know, what have you been listening to this week? And this week, actually, uh, I've been listening to some old, some old, um, some old favourites um, at home. Uh, but the reason I had to choose Rush uh, this, this week is um, it was uh, my youngest son Callum's 30th birthday this week, and we had a rather lovely evening um on wednesday where uh emily and emily soon to have uh grand pop's first grandchild uh and, and callum uh around and uh, emily had done this wonderful uh book like an uh, uh, an album uh that all his friends had contributed to and i you know i put out anecdotes in etc and callum um loves his music and uh he, he he's very good at coming around the house and you watch what callum wants to watch you know <laughs> so so callum sticks on this rush uh bio um so we then listen for about an hour and a half to uh lots of rush songs um and it's interesting because they're, they're clearly an extremely talented canadian band uh, the lead singer has a, an amazing family story which is one for another day in terms of family being killed in the Holocaust and both his parents surviving Auschwitz and 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 and, and whatever, which is uh, in itself is quite an amazing human story. Um, and it's quite interesting in terms of Rush. They would be a great example of people that um, they 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 play music for themselves, not not for their listeners or to make a hit. And um, perhaps if I was being critical, um, from from a certain level, even this particular song we're playing today, Spirit of Radio. Um, it's almost too ambitious. It's got a really, really powerful, catchy uh, ditty going on in there. And then they almost can't help themselves. And it goes wandering off into lots of other stuff, other layers of of stuff. So it's like it's an arrow that's got bits of orange on the end and a strawberry at the, at the end of that, you know. Uh, and the part of me thinks, just make a bloody arrow rush, you know. Um, but but obviously they're, they're, they're talented musicians. So... But listening to a lot of Rush, so I felt I had to pick a Rush song. I know Drew will be delighted because he also loves them. Uh, I think Rush are considered by by proper musicians of a certain type to be uh, hugely influential, almost gods. Uh, probably because of people like Rush, people like Metallica became it became possible for you know really quality uh, heavy metal to develop, uh, and in a way perhaps it hadn't developed before. So if you like, um, one, of the things that, one of the things that um, I've actually put in Callum's album about my memories of a child, one of the things I always did with him, so in the way that he comes around the house now and he turns on the telly, we watch what he wants to watch, that's what he did in the car. So I took him to school every day right, and picked him up most, you know, and uh, we had to listen to Callum's music, which would be things like Mega Death. I used to call it Mega Shit. Uh, <laughs> So I was, everything was called shit metal, or because, and I and, and I would say that half of what he made me listen to I didn't like, but I did like uh, Incubus and Metallica, you know, and things like that, and um, and so you know he's he's introduced me to um, a whole raft of music that uh, I wouldn't otherwise have, have have enjoyed, and I think the. The defining thing about the crossover between him and me would would be the quality of the harmonies and uh, the, the the track itself. So, I think what um, what 
really top quality music does, regardless of its genre, is is it can appeal to anybody. So anybody who loves music can listen to a uh, really say let's say Metallica. If you think about Metallica, so when I think about Metallica, what do I what do I think? First, worst one of the words would be quality, impact, clearly very high level musicianship, but also you you have you have you know you have a, there is a tune there. Whereas, for instance, if you were taking a band like um, Slipknot, you know, I'm not a great aficionado of Slipknot because I don't like the the whole thing, you know, their whole aura. But you know, I just I just see with Slipknot in my mind, I just hear this thrash crap. You know, there's no there's no you can't discern the tune. You know, whereas Metallica would even have violins coming in. You know, they'd be playing their heavy stuff. So anyway, so. Um, we've got a great track from Rush to play out today. I think it's really, really good. Slightly different to the tracks I've, I've chosen before. Um, and uh, I think, you know, when the radio show starts, I'm really looking forward to uh, educating, uh, educating, entertaining, and making my listeners really enjoy what they're listening to. That's relevant, that is. I think that's... Uh... Yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, I loved. I like that you did that. It was nice. You'll find out more about that and what Paul has just done in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> what I want to say is, oh, thank you, Paul, for this morning. And I want to say, please, can you tell somebody about our podcast and uh, maybe leave us a little review yeah, on iTunes because we've been talking all about that today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, tell someone about the podcast. Leave us a review. Do all that great stuff uh, so that we can keep growing uh, this machine. What I would like to do before we before we go is I always want you to introduce the track, mainly because we've got a radio station coming and I know that you're excited about <laughs> um, entertaining people. So I want you to imagine that you are, it's about March, it's, so it's getting warm mm. and there's um, loads of surfers, it's Cornwall Beach, so many surfers there and you've got a stage <laughs> and you've got a microphone and you've got your, your, your decks, whatever you've got. And you are introducing this track to all these people on, on the beach. That's today's scenario. So uh, you, take it over, Paul. What a, that's, a, that's a bit of a demand, isn't it? Well, well, you little pop pickers surfing in the lovely, lovely Cornish surf. Today we've got this uplifting rush track to blow your minds, the spirit of radio, not just the spirit of the sea and the spirit of surfing. Enjoy. That was brilliant. <laughs> 